Radio. Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Hey, today I'm joined with Jimmy Rex. He's the author of You End Up Where You're Heading, The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life. We're going to discuss... Uh, this pillar of lifestyle design and how to get out of basically just living this mediocre life and, and living this life that we're assigned to rather than really designing our lifestyle and, and building the type of life that, that we want to, we want to have or that you should have. So, Hey, thanks for joining me, Jimmy. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on. Nicholas. You bet. Hey, to start off, why don't you give um, the listeners uh, your background? Where do you come from? What do, what do you specialize in? And, and how did you come about writing, uh, writing this book here? Yeah, so I mean, I uh, grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, pretty normal childhood for the most part, had some ups, had some downs. Um, and then I kind of, you know, I, I, at age 21, uh, I started... Uh, kind of getting into sales. I started selling steak and chicken door to door. I was one of those guys that put a freezer in the back of their truck and went door to door. Did that for a couple of years, built the company up, lost the company, um, had all sorts of fun experiences by age 22, 23. I had a lifetime of uh, lessons learned in the business world. And then I got into real estate and been doing that for the last 15 years. Um, but I use a very you know specific way of doing real estate where I work a lot through uh, networking and client events and charity work and stuff like that. That's, you know, allowed me to be one of the top selling agents, um, for over a decade, uh, here in Utah last year. Um, my, you know, I was the number one agent in Utah County. Uh, my team sold over 300 homes, just four of us. And I was able to sell the most expensive home ever sold in Utah. It was a $32 million house my buddy bought. And, uh, so I just had a lot of cool experiences that way, but I've also really decided in life to just kind of go for it. Like, Anytime, um, you know, we, we have these little nudges in life that tell us go do this or go do that. I've had some really cool opportunities to be a part of, uh, you know, I know you're wearing an OUR shirt right now. So I've had the chance to work with Tim and his team undercover on 11 different ops. I've been one of their undercover operatives. I've been able to uh, travel to 69 countries and just do a lot of really cool, amazing things in my life. And so the book kind of came about, uh, again, we just launched it this last week. It's called, uh, again, You End Up Where You're Heading, The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life. And what it happens, I started a podcast about three and a half years ago. I've had these amazing guests on, and I started noticing these patterns in their lives that all these people that have these exceptional lives have done these amazing things. They all kind of had something in common, which is they weren't taking the safe route in life. And we know that kind of you know, one of the things that uh, on their deathbed, people never regret the things they did. They always regret the things they never did. And so I kind of started to play in that space a little bit and uh, co-wrote that with uh, my best friend since I was 12 years old. His name is Cameron Carling. The guy's like a wizard. He's just a genius. He was able to articulate all my crazy stories and the stories of my friends and his guests. And we put that together so that really give kind of a roadmap for people on how they can get out. You know, so many people feel stuck where they're at in life. They feel like they're just not getting... Uh, and they just 80% of the people just wake up and kind of live. They just kind of go through their day. They're not really living their dreams or, or, or living this life that they always, you know, wanted to have. And so I kind of teach a roadmap on how to 
get to that spot, how to understand that there's trials along the way that you look for mentors, you have to, you know, do some hard work to do that. Um, and then the reward that comes from that. So that's a, a pretty quick, brief history of me and kind of how we got to today. So there's a, there's a few things I, I want to unpack there. First, when you talk about living a safe life and, and you mentioned there's, you know, 80% of people just kind of live this life that is basically assigned to them, right? Rather than stepping outside their comfort zone and really going after it. From your experience, dude, what do you think holds people back? Like, why don't people just go after it? Because innately, that's what we internally want to do. You kind of have this Jekyll and Hyde of, oh, I really want to do this. Uh, no, that, that's a dumb idea. I should do or I should play safe. Why do you think, it, what do you think holds people back? Yeah, I mean, we're all motivated by two different things in this life. And one of them is the gain of pleasure. And the other one is to avoid pain. And for most people, the idea of actually going for their dreams a lot of times or to do something that's scary is more pain or they think it's going to be more pain than the situation they're currently in. You see a lot of people will stay in a terrible relationship because it's less scary than going and finding a new one. It, what if it's worse, right? It could be even worse than this. My life could actually get worse. It's like, I'm okay today. And so I, I think what happens is we get paralyzed in indecision. A lot of times we settle for just enough. Like, you know, the book, Good to Great, the opening line says that good is the biggest enemy of great. And a lot of times people feel like, you know, what, I'm good. I'm okay. And, you know, we kind of numb ourselves, right? You watch a couple football games every weekend, kind of live for the weekend. I was at the gas station a couple months ago and I, you know, the teller, it was a Tuesday morning and I just said to the teller, how you doing, man? And he said, Oh, just can't wait to get to the weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, like I just turned and I looked at him and I said, bro, it's, it's Tuesday. And, uh, and it was just one of those moments. I was like, man, this poor guy, like he's just, you know, living, he's trying to numb this life. that he doesn't like, and we have this weird notion that we can't change it. I think a lot of people, what I run into, and a lot of people, it's, we're wired to think a certain way. Unfortunately, the people that love us the most, they're trying to help us from feeling pain. So a lot of times they'll give us advice they think is going to help us not have pain in our lives, but unfortunately, they keep us from a lot of those pleasures as well. So like your parents, maybe they don't want you to go to college across the country because they think that you might have something bad happen to you. They're not there to help you. They want you to stay and live at home and go to the local college and things like that, or maybe you know, they don't want you to quit your job, your secure job, because they, that, that to them is security. You're good. You're okay. Whereas you have this dream or this entrepreneurial idea that's been eating at you for years. Um, my co-writer on the book, uh, my buddy Cameron, he was, you know, he was a big wig at Google, managed over 60 people, 10 years at the company, worked his way up, had enough money to essentially retire. And so he did, he, uh, he just retired and moved to Costa Rica with his family, his wife and two kids and his grandparents lost it. They said, they literally said, how are you doing this to your family? <laughs> when in reality he did it because they weren't happy in the city. They weren't happy living there. And he had enough. He said, how much is enough? Enough is enough. And so they moved to Costa Rica and that's where we kind of spawned the idea to do the book and all that. But it's just funny, like the idea of what some people think is safe, they want you to just be okay. They want to make sure they, and so a lot of times, unfortunately, we listen to other people and most of the pain that we feel in life comes from uh, trying to fulfill the expectations that either we have set on ourselves or usually that other people have set on us. So your parents expect you to be a lawyer, or your dad wants you to take over the company business, or your mom thinks you need to go to this college or whatever it might be. 
or maybe they think you need to be married or single or whatever it is, right? And so we have these expectations. And one of the things I preach a lot is if we can kill ourselves of this expectation of what our life is supposed to look like, then we kind of find out that there's a lot of beauty in the mess. Like the mess of life is what creates all that enjoyment. The, the more you're willing to embrace uncertainty, I actually quoted um, from my own book today, I put it on my Instagram. And for your listeners, they can follow me at Mr. Jimmy Rex. But the quote is, is um, when we start to treat uh, uncertainty as delightsome instead of uh, fearful, then essentially it really opens up our world. And so, you know, most people have this fear. Well, here, I'll read you the exact quote is, is embrace uncertainty as delight instead of danger. And what that basically just means is, is understand that like, you don't need to have it figured out. You don't need to know what's going on. A lot of times you're in the middle of figuring it all out. And too many people get caught up in like, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not where I want to be, but they don't take, they don't put the effort in and to try to change it and kind of give it the time to, you know, become whatever it needs to be. So I think that is the main couple of things that get people caught up. So as you talk about avoiding pain, right? Oftentimes we don't want to change, right? Because we're scared, because we don't necessarily know what's on the other side of that fear. The problem with that is when you look at life in general, what happens is people don't go for it. They don't make those changes. And then they end up having that pain as a consequence to their inaction, right? Later in life. And, and you look at that anywhere from health to relationships to wealth. I mean, wealth is a, a huge issue in that scenario, right? People yeah. want to, they, they don't want to do the things that they need to do to really grow their wealth. And the consequences are so far away that they don't feel that pain right now until like the pain is <laughs> until it's actualized. Right. So if people can kind of wrap their minds around that and say, okay, I understand, you know, maybe I'm, I'm in the business I don't necessarily want to be in or, or something's happening in my life that I don't necessarily want to be dealing with at this point. What is your advice as far as encouraging them to take the next step, to get out of that, right? Because it's one thing to be in it and to recognize yeah. it. It's a totally different thing to re- to figure out what's your next step to actually move in the direction you need to move in? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Nicholas. And so the first thing I like to tell people to do is kind of, and everyone has a different risk tolerance. And that kind of is what paralyzes a lot of people is they just don't have very much risk tolerance. So there's a couple things you can do. Number one is start to gain little wins, little things that you can do and succeed at that'll gain your confidence. So if you've always wanted to go to Machu Picchu and hike the Inca Trail, well, maybe start with, you know, instead of going to work one day, take a day off and go hike the best hike near your house, right? Maybe just kind of get a little bit of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be working. You'll start to kind of feel that a little bit, but you'll get the reward of the hike. You'll get to the top of the mountain and realize like, and then you'll get to work the next day and everything will be fine. You didn't miss anything. Everybody's good. Uh, You know, your bank account still looks the same. Like, don't worry. And so you start to kind of get these little wins. That's what I tell people. Um, But then once you've kind of identified that, I always like to play worst case scenario in my mind too. So if, let's say that you have wanted to quit your job to start a business. Well, let's play it through your mind because we make it so big that it becomes uh, this monster that we can't defeat. So I say like, all right, well, if you were to quit your job tomorrow, how long can you live without money? Okay, what if you didn't have any money? What would happen? Okay, what could you do to get a minimal amount of money so that you can actually make this happen? How many months could you go off your current savings? 
how many months would you have to cut your budget to maybe gain some savings so you can go with this without the stress? I just kind of play through those worst case scenarios until you get one that's kind of manageable. And then, you know, when, when I had my idea for my podcast, I sat on it for like a year and a half. And I just was like, I don't know how to podcast. I don't even know how to do it. I don't have the equipment. I don't know how to talk to guests. Who would I have on? But it was eating at me. I knew I could have a top podcast. And so I just kept pushing and, and thinking. And then I listened to a video by Gary Vaynerchuk. So to answer your question, like he said, he said, you guys, you have to just try. You have to get started. Most of the great things I've achieved in my life is because I just at some point decided to try. I decided to start that thing. So just understand you don't need to be good at it when you start. Like when I, I go back and listen to some of those first podcasts, oh my gosh, I had amazing guests on. I had Tim Ballard on. I had Trevor Milton, the billionaire founder of Nikola Motors on. I had Dave Bateman. He's one of the wealthiest businessmen and tech giant here in the state of Utah, owns Entrada Software, 2,400 employees. I had these amazing guests on, former NFL and NBA athletes, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I, I listened back and I'm so glad I did that because, you know, like yesterday I did an interview with Prince EA and last week I did Grant Cardone and, um, you know, next week I'm doing Brad Lee. Some of these biggest people in the whole country, essentially, that are really going to be able to change the lives of my audience if they listen to this podcast. And I'm 250 episodes in. If I'd never started, I never could have got to this point. And so there's so much honor in the start. There's so much honor in just doing the thing. Don't get caught up in having to be perfect. Just start whatever it is. If it's your business, let's say you can't quit your job to start your new business. Well, you got four or five hours after work every day where you can work on that thing. If you have one hour before work, get up an hour early and start working on that thing and just start the ball going. When we truly commit to something, the universe has a funny way of making it happen for us. And so I always say to people, just really commit to decide uh, you know, the, the root of the word decide is to cut off, like cut off some of those other things that are holding you back and really throw your hat over the fence and go do it. One of the hurdles that, that I see is, I mean, because people can commit to things, right? They can want to do things. But one of the hurdles that I see is this idea of failure, like, oh, what if I fail? What if this doesn't work out? You know, how am I going to overcome that? And I think that people's, people's thought process around what failure really is, they almost make it mean something about them rather than the actual event. What is, what's your thoughts around failure? Because that's part of the process, right? Like we're going to fail, but what's your thought process around overcoming that, that fear of failure and actually moving past failure? Yeah, no, another great question. These are great questions, by the way, Nicholas. So when it comes to failing, it's funny because people get caught up in this idea that people care. Like no one cares about your failures. I teach real estate agents. I coach agents how to do social media marketing. And one of the things I always try to get them to do is a Facebook live and they get paralyzed by it. They're like, what if I don't know? I said, guys, let me tell you something. If it sucks, nobody cares. They just move on to the next thing. Like even if it's excellent, you could nail it and make it the best Facebook live video ever. And 80% of the people are probably going to skip it anyway. Like no one really cares that much. You just have to be consistent at doing it and you'll get better and better and more used to it. And so, you know, I, the, for me, the failure is a beautiful part of it. I, I've lost my ass off so many times, you know, in the book, I tell about a lot of my failures. I had this meat company go under. I had $120,000 debt. I went through the real estate downfall in 2007, eight. I owned 12 real estate properties when that thing collapsed. Like I went through a failure. Um, I've been 
on over a thousand first dates and I'm a single man. Like I know what failure looks like. I've stared it in the face many times, right? But guess what? I learned a lot of cool things along the way and I've been able to meet amazing people and do some amazing things simply because I'm not afraid of the failure part of it. And so for me, the only failure is to not try. The only failure, like I can't imagine literally getting to the end of my life and you know, trying to see this, looking back and being like all these what ifs, right? Like, what if I did this? What if I did that? I don't have those because I've tried them all. And a lot of them didn't work. Like when I was 21 years old, I started a TV show. I lost my butt on that. I lost so much money on that show, but it was like so fun and so honorable. I look back and I just laugh at myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I didn't know, but I just love that I kept trying things. And so like, you know, most people that are going to judge you for trying something and failing are the people that have never tried. And that's why you hear so many quotes about just get in the ring. Like, don't listen to the opinions of sheep. You know, I have this picture behind me of a lion because lions don't care about the opinions of sheep. And honestly, like how many times does a lion go to hunt in a day and miss out on the meat? Quite a bit, I would guess. Like they don't, do they get pissed about it? No, they go find the next thing. How often does it, you know, when I was the number one agent in Utah for, for real estate, I would get rejected usually 30 to 40 times a day because I would call for sell by owners every day to get these leads. And, but I knew if I called 20 or 30 for sell by owners, I'd get one person to listen to me. And so did I focus on the 29 failures? Of course not. I focused on the goal. And I think that's kind of, to kind of wrap that question up is if you have a big enough why, then you don't really care about whether or not you succeed. You're just going to want to go after the thing. And it's like Thomas Edison with the light bulb, right? Like he said, you know, I failed a thousand times before I figured this out, but did I fail? No. He said, I just figured out 999 ways to do it um, that, that wouldn't work. And so that's kind of how I look at anything. Like whatever you're trying to do, just keep going and failing. Fail your way forward. Fail your way to victory. Like ask out a hundred amazing, beautiful, high value women. One of them's going to go out with you. You've got a date now with a high value woman. Don't focus on the 99, focus on the one, whatever the thing is. Now, when you look at, when you look at failure, I always, I, two things. I always like to one, look at failure as a learning experience, right? Either you learn or you earn. So when you take it from a, from an investing standpoint and you make an investment, you're either going to earn a return or you're going to learn a lesson. One of the two, very rarely is it, is it in between. And then you said something else that, that sparked a quote. And I'm going to butcher the quote, but, but I'll get the idea across. And it's basically, the basically is, don't pay any attention to the hecklers in the stand. Meaning that those individuals that are playing the game. So, so I, I rodeoed when I was a kid. I, I rode bulls you know, up to, to my mid-20s. And it's very easy for somebody to sit in the top of the grandstands and tell you what you did wrong versus the individual that's down in the arena actually doing the work. And I think, you know, to correlate to what you said, you have to just do it. Like you have to start moving forward. You have to do something and you'll learn throughout the process and you'll, and you'll get better and better. But the naysayers in the stands probably aren't doing anything. And, and so there's really no reason to pay attention to them at all. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's unfortunately everybody on social media has a microphone these days, but it's uh, all my friends that are successful. They just don't care. Like if you don't have haters, you're probably not doing much. So embrace the haters, you know, like we always laugh about it and we always call them confused fans, you know, cause there's going to be haters everywhere. And, but they're watching you, they're checking you out. They're clicking on your stuff. So they're just confused fans. <laughs>
<laughs> that's uh that's great confused fans that reminds me of something i heard the other day somebody said uh they're hating you because they just don't know that they like you yet <laughs> yeah another way to put it exactly right. Man, i'd like to i'd like to pivot a little bit so you mentioned that you've done some uh operations with operation underground railroad um i don't know tim tim personally um i'm a I'm a huge fan of his work. I follow what they do. Uh, you know, we give to the organization because I, I think it's an amazing organization. But I'd love to kind of get your take or, or maybe some stories behind how that came about. How did you, how were you able to kind of get connected with that and, and go on some of those operations? Yeah, so I first heard about Operation Underground Railroad about five years ago. It was kind of in its infancy. It was about six months old. And I was in a networking meeting and a guy by the name of Paul Hutchinson who is one of the large, um, biggest donors, biggest, most important people that, of that organization. He was the guy that, if you see the new movie when it comes out soon called The Sound of Freedom, there's a guy in there named Pablo Delgado, and that's who my buddy Paul plays, and that's who's playing my buddy Paul in the movie. But anyway, um, and he spoke about it, and he talked about this operation they'd just done in Colombia, and I, it was just amazing. I just, I just said to myself, I have to be a part of this. So I just kept going and working and trying to do anything I could to help the organization, to help Paul, to help Tim. And eventually they let me go on one. It went really well, went on some more. And then, you know, we ended up becoming part of this special team that would go do it quite often. But, um, but yeah, they quite literally, you know, I was on uh, uh, my first stop again was about five years ago, four and a half years ago. And just incredible opportunity to go out. And, and we went, we were the team that would go in first and find the guys that were trafficking girls. And so we posed as the um, consumer, I guess you could say of the product. And, uh, and yeah, we got very successful at it and, you know, total now helped just our little group has helped to rescue over a hundred girls and um, helped to put away almost 40 traffickers. And, uh, and so I was actually with Tim on Saturday, we did a special showing of his, uh, with a couple of friends of mine of the new movie and just remembering some of those experiences and going back and thinking about that. I mean, we had times where, you're in the alleyway in a foreign country in Latin America, uh, you know, and guys got a gun on him and you're negotiating price per girl and things like that. Your only cover is they think that you're going to be tipping them and paying them a lot of money. And so it was, uh, it was quite the experience to be a part of it. I mean, human trafficking is, uh, unfortunately, child sex trafficking is one of the largest issues in the world that nobody really knows about. It's so dark that um, until recently, really nobody wanted to talk about it. And uh, even when I started I'd come back from these ops, I'd be all excited to tell my stories and people didn't want to hear it. I had to learn a new way to tell the story because I just realized there was so much, uh, it was so much darkness that people would just turn away from it. And so, but it's really cool to see what OUR has done. They've rescued over 4,000 kids now. They partner with Tony Robbins and Glenn Beck, all these amazing humans and um, just kind of shining a light on this dark topic. And so I work with OUR Child Liberation Foundation is another group I work with. Um, that's actually a group that Paul um, kind of helps a lot with and, uh, Coco Berthman, some other people. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it is. And I guess whatever questions you might have around the actual ops or anything like that, I'm happy to answer. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably the questions that I have, you're not able to, <laughs> to really reveal, right. Cause I'm a guy that wants to know like, like all the details, but here's what I'd like to say to, to my listeners. If you're looking for and, and I've got no dog in this fight. I've got no skin in this game, except for I'm, I'm just a fan of, of what they're doing. If you're looking for a charity to really get behind, an organization that is actually doing some good in the world, I would highly recommend that you check out Operation Underground Railroad. You can Google it. 
um, and, and look at what they're doing. Uh, a high level overview, they go in on, on underground operations and go and rescue child sex slave victims is basically what happens. And then they'll put them in aftercare facilities to help them, uh, uh, what's what man, mend isn't the right word, but recover from basically the trauma of being trafficked. So again, j- just to plug off, just because I'm a fan of what they do, I have, I've got no dog in that fight, but, uh, for some reason, something really pulls me to, to be super impressed with, with what Tim's put together there. So yeah, it's a special, uh, it's a special thing, man. And you know, the movie's coming out pretty soon. You'll see it. Uh, it goes through Tim's whole story and how that all came about. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's something worth that. You know, I think everybody on all sides hopefully can get on the same team for. So, and to kind of go off that, to to pivot back to this idea of, of lifestyle design is, is I've I've read a lot about Tim. I, I've seen some of his stuff, and and he's a guy that really like went out on a limb and and designed the life and created the life that he wanted to create, right? He was a CIA operative, wasn't able to get the things done that he thought really needed to get done in order to rescue these kids, broke off on his own, started this organization and, and has, has developed this, you know, not only an organization, but, but a, a pretty cool lifestyle. So when you look at individuals and you look at, you know, what we're up against in, in today's reality, right? We're facing, you know, COVID-19, which everybody's got their opinion about it, but nonetheless, it, it, it's something that, that we're up against. We're, because of that, we could be facing some economic challenges ahead. Um, that obviously puts pressure on families, on relationships, on businesses. From your perspective, Jimmy, and if somebody was to sit down in front of you and say, hey, I really want to create a different type of, of lifestyle. I really want to create kind of this vision in my head, what would be your advice to them to, to put that together? Like how would you walk them through really designing, getting out of this safe space, quit playing safe, but start swinging for the fences and really go after what they want? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that question. There's, there's one question. So I coach a lot of different people. A lot of people reach out to me and want to do lunch or whatever. And there's, there's a question I always like to ask them on the first time we meet, I say, listen, if everything were to go right in your life for the next five years, what does your life look like? Like if everything went perfect for you, what would your life look like? And almost a hundred percent of the time they cannot answer the question. They haven't even thought about it. And here's the problem with that is if you don't know what you want your life to look like, you're just going to be swayed by what comes into your life. So when COVID comes in, you kind of just do whatever everyone else is doing with COVID. If there's riots in the streets, that kind of affects you the way it does or an election and that kind of affects you the way it does. But if you're dead set on what you want, your goals, what you're going to do, then these things don't matter because you, you know where you're heading. And so all you have to focus on is, all right, all right how does this change? Because like, we know we're going to have trials. They're going to come in different ways. If it's not COVID, it's going to be something else. But we know this is all coming. So you have to get crystal clear on the life you want to have. I mean, I tell people, I'm like, I literally mapped out exactly what I wanted my life to look like. And I'll be damned if it wasn't almost 100% what I mapped out. Like five years earlier, I wrote it as big as my mind could possibly think at that time. I wrote things on there that were insane. And honestly, almost every single one of them has already come to pass. And it's been, you know, I still have a year and a half to go. But I got very clear on what I want. I've been doing this since I was 21 years old. So I'm on my third dream board. I literally 
completed the first two. I completed every single thing on there. So I had to make a third one now. And that, you know, I put stuff that was, again, just bigger than I could ever imagine. Like one of my big ones now is to go to the moon. I'm making that happen sooner than later. I, I just have these huge goals of things I want to do. And, and so I just tell people, really sit down and say, don't put um, qualifications on it. If everything were to go perfect in your life, what does your life look like? Who are you hanging out with? Get specific. Put people's names. I did that. I put like Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss. Next thing I knew, I was having brunch with Tim Ferriss and going undercover with Tony Robbins. Like I had these giant names I put down. It makes me laugh. Like one of my um, people I always want to model my life after for the last five years is a guy named Prince EA. And me and him were just in LA yesterday making a YouTube video together. And he's on my podcast. He's a good friend of mine now. And so it's like, you can make these things happen. But when you have a direction of who you want to be around, the kind of people that inspire you, the things you want to be doing, then you can make it happen. You actually put into place um, a roadmap, a massive action plan, and you start doing it. And the thing I think that, you know, the one word I always tell everybody is consistency. That's the most important thing out there, whether it's with a podcast, whether it's with social media, whether it's with your job whether it's a sales career, like you've got to be consistent every single day. The days you don't feel like doing it, that's the day you got to do it. And if you do that for five years and you're crystal clear on what you want, as long as it's a reasonable thing and sometimes make them unreasonable, you'll make things happen you never thought possible. What's your thoughts around um, subconscious mind and manifestation stuff? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, every thought has energy. We know this. So if I always like to tell people it's like life's like a funnel, right? And so like we try to, too many people focus on the bottom, what comes out, the result. And by that point, it's too far. Like you can't change the result because it, the cake's already been baked. You put the ingredients in months ago. So if you put the right ingredients in up top to start, then you'll get the result that you want. But you have to focus on what goes in. So your thoughts, um, your actions, all those things are so important. You know, we're the same people today as we will be in 10 years, minus the things we read, the people we've met, and the places we meet. I mean, it's just like knowledge is so important and so important to fill your mind with the right stuff. That's why I'm very anti-news, not even because it's fake news, because it is, but more so because it's uh, just negative. Like they actually make money by causing division, by causing strife. They need you to be worried about something. And that's a low frequency thing. So instead of doing that, start your day every morning by watching a new Prince EA video or something or watch, you know, listen to a podcast that's something positive going on. And so that's what I try to tell people to do is funnel in as much good as you can and good has to come out of that. But that's totally manifesting and in putting that energy, putting the universe to work in your favor for sure. Do you mind sharing with my audience your morning routine? What is it that you, so you talk about putting good at the top of the funnel because just so we're clear, like I'm, I'm behind you a hundred percent. Like I believe, you know, everything that you just said, like I, I agree with, right. Some people will call it woo woo, but I think there's enough science behind it that it shows that that's a reality. In fact, I was first introduced to it when I was 16 years old by a guy by the name of Gary LeFew, who was a world champion bull rider. He introduced me to a book called Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And that's where I started to realize, wow, man, the subconscious mind really plays a huge role in, in everything we do. And I think that it's like, it's like exercise. We have to, or, or it's like working out. Like we, it's, it's like our physical body. You have to exercise in order for it to maintain its strength and or get stronger. The mind is the same way. So share with my audience, what, what do you do on a daily basis to, to really feed that 
that line, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a couple of things. I'm not one of these guys like, you know, I, I interviewed Robin Sharma on my podcast, the 5 a.m. club. That dude's up at five every day, has this crazy routine. That's not me. Um, but there's a couple of things I do every morning. One is I have to get something positive into my mind every single morning. So 20 minutes of something positive. What I usually do is when I get in the shower, I throw a podcast on and I listen to it while I'm in the shower. So that's, or a book on tape, an audio book, or a YouTube video that's positive. That's the first thing when I get in the shower. Um, I, I try to get some kind of physical exercise in in the first half of the day. So if I don't get it in the first thing in the morning, I'll go at lunchtime or something like that. And I almost, oh, that's why I'm wearing a gym shirt right now at 1.30. I just came from the gym. Because um, I always try to get some kind of physical activity in some somewhere in my day. Um, and then really try to focus on gratitude and, and, and really manifesting what you want your life to be. So I have, you know, my life's purpose that I recite every day. Um, the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. And I just recite that over because it, that's like my filter to know like, all right, does this fit in with my life's purpose? Is what I'm about to do going to make my life exceptional? Is going to show people, is that, am I being playful? Like if I get angry, that goes against one of my core values of my life's purpose. And so I have to pay attention to those things. So I think for me, it's just important to getting those things in. I try to, again, like any kind of thing you can do to focus in your mind. I think the more you can read, the more, you know, I read or listen to about 50 books a year on Audible. Um, I'm always interviewing guests on my own podcast. So I'll study them and, you know, read positive things about them. I'll watch their videos. So there's three or four hours in a week where I'm usually putting positive stuff in my head for my future guests. But all these different things I'm doing are just all part of my daily routine. It's not necessarily like, Although when I was, you know, more dialed into my work, when I was first building my company, it actually was dialed into the 10 minute mark. Like I, I had three hours every morning from eight to 11 was prospecting time. 11 to 12 was lead follow up. 12 to one was a lunch appointment. One to seven was uh, appointments or showing homes. And then from seven o'clock to 10 o'clock was networking time. And if I got done early, I'd go home and read or I'd go do something like that. So, I mean, I really was pretty, you know, like that, it, it depends on what, cycle you're in in your business if you're in the growth mode that's how it needs to be if you're in the mode where i'm in right now where you're kind of looking more about lifestyle and some of the other things you want to do then there's a lot more you know calls to friends there's a lot more um contacts there's a lot more lunches and dinners and things like that i'm trying to do to just be around people i want to be around sweet hey, jimmy this has been uh, this has been awesome how can listeners um first tell listeners how they can get a hold of your book and then if they want to uh, follow you, get in contact with you, how do, how do they do that? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. If you just type in the name of the book, again, uh, is uh, you end up where you're heading, The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life. Or you can just type in my name, Jimmy Rex, and it'll take you to the book. Uh, we've got it on Audible coming out at the end of the month. It's already on um, paperback, uh, hardcover, and Kindle. So that's the easiest way to get the book. Um, my Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me. It's Mr. Jimmy Rex. Uh, that's Mr. Jimmy Rex. And send me a DM if you ever have questions, anything I can help out with. If it's anything that, uh, you know, like a real question or thing that people are saying, I always get back to people. So hopefully uh, if uh, anything I can do for you in the future, anyone listening to this, let me know. Awesome, Jimmy. Hey, thanks for, thanks for joining us. And uh, listeners, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. See ya. Thanks so much. See you, Nicholas. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter 
at Nicholas Jensen underscore. That's at Nicholas Jensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.